bleeding purple and gold from the heart of Los Angeles. This is the LakersNation.com podcast with your host, Trevor Lane. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast slash live show Oh, well, unfortunately, the Lakers do fall to the Portland Trailblazers, lose by five, 106 to 101, which drops the Lakers down to seventh in the Western Conference. That's right. It's play in time. And it also gives the Portland Trailblazers the tiebreaker, which means even if the Lakers do catch up, they're now one game behind the Blazers for the sixth seed. Even if they catch up, if they're even, the Blazers still go ahead. So most likely, man, crazy things happen, but most likely this means the Lakers will be in the play-in tournament in order to get into the playoffs. Certainly not what we were expecting this season, but that is now reality for your Los Angeles Lakers. Joining me tonight is Matt Peralta. Matt, the optimist. It is interesting to see how you get through this one, Matt. How are you doing, man? Um, I am pretty deflated quite honestly but but there were some positive takeaways today so I will I will still remain optimistic about the Lakers chances but yeah tonight was one of the few regular season wins I really wanted them to see them come out with uh and yeah just brutal loss uh they played their hearts out tonight I I told you before we came on the air here that I'm not even that mad when, usually it's the right. um, usually I'm the one that's more emotional about this stuff and, and upset, and you're the one you're like the one that that's just just steady. Um, but tonight I, I'm not that upset. I felt like the Lakers played pretty well overall, given the circumstances. No LeBron, no shooter, no Taylor Horton Tucker. You're missing your three ball handlers, right? You don't have those guys to really get the offense going. Overall, I thought the Lake I thought the Lakers tonight were very clearly the better team than the Blazers when healthy. Right, you're watching this game and you're thinking the Lakers are winning this by 15 if they've got LeBron out on the floor, if they've got Schroeder out there on the court. I thought very clearly the Lakers showed they were in a different class than the Blazers if everyone was healthy, and so that's what's got me a little bit optimistic. I felt like the Lakers actually played this game pretty well and looked good, but just given the circumstances, they weren't able to walk away with the win. This wasn't like Last night against the Clippers, where clearly just things weren't clicking. They weren't contesting at the three-point line well, and just got blown out. I thought they fought. I thought they played hard. I thought you had guys making big plays, doing the things that they needed to do in order to win. They just came up short because they were missing some guys. And I feel a lot more okay with that heading into the playoffs than I felt with last night's performance. No, I I agree. I'm I'm happy with how they played. I thought they competed as hard as they possibly could. We'll talk about Anthony Davis later. I'm sure uh, that was very encouraging to see. Defensively, they were they were they were excellent tonight. Uh, you know, minus some turnovers in the first quarter, they really cleaned that side of the uh, ball up. So I thought you know that gave them a chance to win too. So overall, it was a really great effort. It's just. The reason why I'm a little upset is because it just it felt like a game that I thought they could have used to really jumpstart the rest of the regular season and get themselves ramped up and going into the playoffs. I, I thought it would have been a good you know springboard moment for them. It would have been a great win like the Denver one on Monday. Um, and and again, like I found myself actively you know rooting for the team, hoping for them to pull out a win. I mean, that's not to say I don't do that every game, but it's just this one in particular I thought they could have really used. And there were a lot of moments tonight where I'm like, oh, it looks like they could actually maybe gut this one out and steal a win. But, uh, you know, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum down the stretch was just a little bit too much to overcome. And, you know, it's just some things didn't break their way. We'll talk about the referees later, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, they, they uh, are coming up. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's it's just stuff like that where, you know, the Lakers could have won this game if, if a couple things broke their way. Just ultimately, they come up short. Like, of course, I'm, I'm OK with how they played and, you know, how they look tonight. But just ultimately, the result is not what I wanted. Of course, I want to win every single game. But this one in particular, I just really wanted. And I understand that we've talked about the importance of avoid, of avoiding the play in tournament. And I get that you don't want to be in the play in tournament because then you get more time off, you get more time to rest, you have more time to practice, and those sorts of things are are important for the Lakers. I'm just looking at, you know, Frank Vogel talks about this a lot. You know, if you if you don't look at the results, if you look at what it took to get to that point, did you make smart decisions on the way there? Were you playing at a high level on the way there? Um, it's just like in, on an offense, right? You don't just focus on did the ball go into the basket or not. You look at the path that you took to get there. Was it a good look? 
that you got. And then you can worry about whether or not the shot actually went in. I think the process the Lakers went through tonight and the way that they played overall was pretty good, at least compared to what we've seen. I feel more confident in this team and their ability to turn it up come playoff time based on what we see, saw tonight compared to some of the recent games. And again, maybe this, this team has been very hot and cold, so maybe this doesn't last. But again, that's, that's what is kind of lifting me up here and making me not you know, thinking this is, you know, Armageddon or the sky is falling. And I've got some people in the, in the comments that are saying that that's, that that's, that's ridiculous and we should be furious and, and angry and all of those things. To me, whether you're going into the playoffs through the play-in tournament or you're the sixth seed, it's the level of play that matters most. That matters more than whether you're the sixth seed or the seventh seed. And I thought we saw a higher level of play tonight, even though the Lakers came up short in the end. And yes, it is still heartbreak. I felt like the Lakers deserved a win tonight. The way they played tonight, Anthony Davis was the most Anthony Davis we have seen in months, right? Oh, yeah. This was the best version of himself we've seen or the closest to his true self that we've seen in a while. And those things have got to be encouraging. So that's that's where I'm going to focus. But again, I felt like they did deserve a win. And by the way, there were some fluky plays there too at the end where the Lakers were robbed of a few points. Oh, man. They may have actually won this thing if you go back and you look at some of the baskets that were mistakenly taken away by the officials. And I and we, we've got plenty of time to get into them. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. Uh, yeah, this is really weird. This is a role reversal for the postgame show. I'm normally the guy that – I mean, your takes are usually mine and mine are yours. So this is, <laughs> this is a little weird. But, uh, yeah, um, there are a lot of encouraging things from this game for sure. Like you said, I thought they played hard enough to win this game. Um, it just came down really to talent and some fluky calls at the end, like you said. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, of course, like, I, I feel good about our chances in the play-in tournament. I'm, I'm not scared of any team that we'll have to play. Um, I think the Lakers, if they come out like they did, like they did tonight, especially if you throw in a healthy LeBron in there or close to healthy LeBron plus this version of Anthony Davis, I like the Lakers' chances. It's just, you know, again, tonight is just one of those games where I'm like, this could have been a really good win for the team and, and to help them get through the rest of the regular season. But it uh, looks like the playing tournament's likely, and we just have to live with that. For sure. I mean, it, it was definitely a missed opportunity in that regard. This could have been a very nice, uplifting win for them to kind of build upon. And so I, I'm with you certainly on that. Uh, random Rats from or Random Rats from YouTube said, Hey, Trevor, do you think Drummond is struggling because of chemistry or is his toe still bothering him and what are our chances against the Warriors? I don't think it's Drummond's toe. I think that there's still some chemistry issues there that, and that may be the most damaging piece to not getting the extra practice sessions that you would get if you didn't have to participate in the play-in tournament is that Drummond wouldn't have that, that time in practice to really work with Anthony Davis and figure things out. Um, I was a little bit surprised Frank Vogel went back to Drummond when he did, when the Lakers were just Man. having success with Marquise Morris on the floor. That was, to me, the strangest decision. But maybe Vogel's at a point where he's saying win or lose. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get Drummond going and then come playoff time. If it's clearly not working, then I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. But I felt like going back to Drummond in the fourth quarter was 100% the wrong decision there by Frank Vogel because we just saw them finding success, going smaller, and having Markeith Morris out there instead. That one was a major head-scratcher for me. Yeah, I think as far as Drummond's struggles go, I think it is just chemistry issues. We have to remember he hasn't played very long with Anthony Davis. He was the lone big man for a while. You know he's adjusting to that of a factor anymore. Uh, and you know we brought up you brought up a good point in our in our group chat earlier about how Andre Drummond's strengths as an offensive rebounder have been kind of neutered with the Lakers just because he's not crashing the offensive boards. I think given Frank Vogel's defensive uh, scheme and identity, he always emphasizes transition defense and getting back. So I, I think Drummond hasn't had as many opportunities to just plant himself in the paint and try to go after those offensive rebounds like we've been hoping we'd see. So I, I think maybe that's why you're seeing him struggle a little bit. And then, you know, just he's not a good post-up player at this point. I think it's very obvious that, you know, if you throw the ball down to him, he's either going to fumble it or he's going to throw up something that's just, that's not going to go in. So I, I think we're misusing Drummond a little bit. And, and like I said, though, I don't think this is going to be a big deal come playoff time just because... 
I don't think he's going to play much, honestly. I think you're going to see more Anthony Davis and then the appropriate big man for the matchup. So uh, while I'm, I'm, I thought it was weird to you that Andre Drummond got fourth quarter minutes with the Lakers going smaller, or even with Marcus Gasol as the center. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not super upset at the decision. I know what Frank Vogel's trying to do, and I think it's very clear at this point what he's trying to do. So uh, I'm not too upset, but it, it was a bit of a head scratcher. And as far as that second question or the second part of that question goes, if the Lakers do end up playing the Warriors in the play-in tournament, I, I like their chances quite a bit. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And I didn't even address that part, but yes, I agree. I do like their chances against the Warriors, assuming that they show up and, and ready to play. And you've got everybody, which which is a big if still at this point. Um, you know, I've got some, I've got a lot of people that are asking about uh, about Montrez Harrell and why sure. he didn't play out there. Oh, I've got, and I've got a comment here from YouTube it said the coaching is awful. Do these guys even practice together? <laughs> no. That's the whole point. That's what we've been saying for weeks. They have they not don't. practiced. They they literally have. What what is it now, Matt? It's sixteen 15. or seventeen. Pra- I think it's actually fifteen. Is it really? Well, I, I think it's fifteen. I think I think Wednesday was fifteen. That's and, and that's that's for the whole season, guys. Yeah, I'm talking about going all the way back to December. That's the entire season. That's what happens when you have a compressed schedule. They have not practiced. All season long, the games have been their practice. So when you say, have they practiced together? No, they haven't. And that's been one of the challenges. That And, and that's not just the, the Lakers. That's everybody. But that's one of the challenges that they've had to uh, to overcome. But let's talk about Montrez Harrell. So I have a lot of people in the chat asking, why was Montrez Harrell not out there? Uh, I think there are some reasons why you didn't see him tonight. I'm curious to see what Frank Vogel says after the game. But Matt, what, what was your take? Why no Montrezl Harrell tonight? So we've been saying this a lot that the Lakers are going to mix and master bigs depending on what kind of big man the other team has. And in this case, Portland has uh, Nurkic and Ennis Cantor, two bigger bodied centers that will uh, get down in the post and score and do damage there. So I think the reason why you didn't see Montrezl Harrell is because he would have been out of his depth there. I think it was smart for Frank Vogel to to turn to Marcus Gasol as the first, ben- uh, the first big off the bench. That was the first thing I noticed with the substitution pattern was it was Mark instead of Trez. And that to me already signaled that I thought Trez was not going to appear or if he was, he was not going to play very many minutes. So I think that's really what Vogel was aiming for, was just the matchup dictated, you know, I, I've got to get a bigger body in there. They've got Cannon, they've got Nurkic, so I, I need a bigger center to hold his ground in the post, and so he went towards Mark. So I, I really think that's just what it was tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. I think 100% that this was just a matchup-based thing, and I know, you know, Frank Vogel said in the past that he's concerned about having guys in rhythm, right? Making sure that all three of his centers are in rhythm and making sure that they're ready to go come playoff time. And he did this a few games ago where he sat Trez for an entire game. I think tonight, if you were going to do that with Trez and you were going to get more minutes to Mark, more minutes to Drummond, tonight was the night to do that, right? Tonight was a good night to look at it and say, you know what? There probably isn't a great opportunity to go use Trez. I've had some people mentioning why not play Trez at the four. Well, because if you play Trez at the four in this particular matchup, let's say you put him in there with Marcus Gasol, he's chasing around Carmelo Anthony or chasing around Robert Covington. That's that's not what, what's going to work out for Trez. That's not a great matchup for him. So even if he's playing right. the five, there wasn't a good matchup for him on the floor. So I think this made a lot of sense uh, for him to sit out. Now, in a game where you're going to struggle to score, you would love to see yeah, some right. way to, to get say. Trez out there, right? Right. That, that's actually exactly what I was about to say is that I, I get that might be some of the frustration with Lakers fans tonight is that the Lakers were clearly struggling to score tonight and Montrezl Harrell will come in and give you points or manufacture points in some shape or form. So I, I get the frustration there, but I think the concern, obviously, and again, this is Frank Vogel we're talking about, right? It's, it's going to come down to defense. And I, and I thought Marcus Gasol was the better choice for uh, in terms of defensive lineups. So uh, I'm not mad at the decision. It made complete sense to me. I honestly thought Mark had a really good outing tonight too. So I think that part worked in the Lakers favor is just, again, it came down to free throws and fluky calls at the end Matt I I don't know the answer to this still I tried to actually get on Google and find this out how far into a basket does the basketball have (laughs) to go for it to count I don't think I've I mean I've seen plays like that in the past and like you know NBA blooper reels and things like that but that was one of the weirdest plays I've seen and not only did not only did I think it was a basket but Anthony Davis got fouled on the play, too. And like it, it should have been an and one. And then Portland came down. I believe they scored off of that. Uh, Caruso a had a ball he put up on the backboard that Portland goaltended. Yeah. There was no call on that. 
And then the Kuzma, the Kuzma uh, putback dunk that got called as a goaltend, that wasn't. I, there was one that Anthony Davis may have got away with, but still, this was a strange game in terms of the, the officiating, and I've got a lot of people talking about that. What did you think about, about some of these calls down the stretch? Because had some of those gone the other way, the Lakers might be walking out of this thing with the W. I got to say right now, I really do not complain about referees and officiating very much, if at all, only because I think every game there will be calls and missed calls and it'll it'll kind of balance itself out toward the end of the game. But in this case, it was it was actually detrimental to the result of the game because uh, let, let's go through those again. Mm-hmm. Right. We got we got Anthony Davis's wiped dunk and a possible and one. We've got Caruso's goal 10 and then we've got Kuz's put black dunk. Right. That that's seven potential points that just got wiped from the Lakers. Uh, and what was the final score tonight, Trevor? Uh, they were down. They lost by five at the end. It was one oh one oh six one oh one. All right. So I'm not super great at math, but if uh, the Lakers got those seven points back, I think they would walk out of the they'd walk out of Portland with a win. So this is the reason why I'm a little annoyed about that is just because I know that sometimes missed calls will will ultimately lead to lost points for a certain team. But in a game that's this tight and this closely contested, I I think those points really mattered in this case. And so I I just had no idea what the officiate or what the officials were thinking. And, And to your first question about, you know, how far does the ball have to go? I'd imagine it'd have to just look like it's on its way down the net. Like, you know, it's about to, right? You would think so. I really don't know. Does uh, it have to completely clear the net? Like, I tried looking this up. It just never comes up. It's just usually a basket is a basket. And, and at this point, I feel like I've covered this sport long enough to where I should know. But it's not something I know off the top of my head. Well, I, I think Doris Burke even mentioned it on the broadcast for ESPN where she said, you know, if, if the if the offensive player has already put the ball through the hoop, mm-hmm. but it comes out because it hits their head on the way out, it should still count. Right. To, to me, that makes sense because yes. that's inadvertent. Like that's not that's not offensive goaltending or defensive goaltending or anything. It's just the offensive player had his head beneath the rim. He got it through the net and the ball came out. It should still count as a basket, in my opinion. Um, it's 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 a quirky rule, but I, I think it needs to be addressed or if it need, it needs to be changed because I, I had I have no idea of what the officials ruled was correct or not. Um, but it, it needs to count as a basket. And and the worst part is like what we were saying is it was, it was also a foul. So if yes. you're not going to give him the basket, at least give him two free throws. Or, or make the play reviewable. I have no idea. Like, you just can't wipe the basket, though, in that instance. Yeah, that, that was unbelievable. That not only does, is there no foul call on that, but then you also don't get, get the basket. That was – look, it was a tough one. That's for sure. That was a difficult uh, decision right there by the officials. And, um, look, <laughs> that, that very well could have changed the outcome of this game. So that's something to keep in mind as well. The Lakers didn't shoot well from the free throw line. But again, overall, I think we like the effort. However, I'm getting a lot of people in the comments talking about Kyle Kuzma. A lot of people blaming this loss on Kyle Kuzma. So where are we at? Where are we at on, on Kuzma? Because I feel like everybody has forgotten that Kyle Kuzma was excellent last game. Put up 25 points just last night. He was probably the only guy who really got it going. Tonight was a rough night for him shooting the basketball, but Lakers fans are not happy right now with Kyle Kuzma. I don't blame them, honestly. Uh, Looking at the box score now, 2 of 11, 0 of 6 from downtown, 4 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Um, Yeah, we, (laughs) we were joking on the watch party yesterday about the Lakers being so Jekyll and Hyde. And, and then I mentioned it last night in the post game. So it was weird that we got Jekyll for the entire Lakers roster for most of them. And then we got Hyde from Kyle Kuzma, where yesterday's game was the complete opposite. Um, we got to get Kyle Kuzma rowing in the same direction with the Lakers, man. But I don't blame the fans for being super frustrated. I mean, I, there were just so many good looks. I, I felt like a lot of Kuzma shots were the shots that turn a game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like a lot of them were, were momentum swingers, like threes in the corner or, you know, the uh, the kick out to him in the open corner or where he drives to the rim or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I felt like a lot of Kuzma's shots just felt like they could have been really big shots. It's just they none of them went down. And it, it was frustrating to see that, especially that one he took in the fourth quarter where that would have given the Lakers a lead. I, I thought or I think it would have tied the game. I'm not, I don't remember quite. I'm not quite sure off the top of my head, but it was a big three. Uh, I thought Anthony Davis should have touched the ball in the possession, but I do. I don't blame Kuzma for taking that shot. It was wide open in transition. It was probably going to be the best look they were going to get. Just didn't go down. It was a little short. So 
Um, am I going to pin the whole loss on him, though? No, because, you know, other guys could have made shots, too. But I think his his box score is the most glaring. And, and like Lakers fans like to do, we got to find a scapegoat for a loss like this. And, and tonight, it's just, it's just Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I'm getting some of the comments. Kyle Kuzma cares more about his appearance than basketball and, and things like that, right? Which, oh. Yeah, that, that that's come back again. Um, look, Kyle Kuzma on the season has been good, right? 36% from three on the season, which is a, a noted improvement from his previous two seasons. He's been very versatile, been very flexible. Tonight was not his night. When you're, that big shot that you're talking about, when the ball was swung to him, I, I knew I knew he wasn't going to make that shot. Right, like I, I kind of went, oh man. That I mean, that was like my reaction before he even shot the ball because I knew that out of everybody that was on the floor at that moment, he was the guy I least wanted taking that shot because it just wasn't his night. It wasn't, and right. still he's got to take that, and he's got to. And some people say he should have put the ball on the floor and, and drove to the basket. Okay, right, that that's fair. Maybe you can argue he should have done that, but if you're a coach, you want Kyle Kuzma attacking aggressively there. You want him feeling like his next shot is going in, even though tonight he just didn't quite have it. He couldn't quite knock those shots down. So it was a good look. It was an open look. He took it. I think he lived with it. But on the night, you would have wanted anybody else to be in that spot. Yeah, make or miss league. So, I mean, if, if Kyle Kuzma hits that shot, maybe we're having a completely different discussion. Instead of, you know, that 2 for 11 I brought up, he'd be 3 for 11. And and while that still looks very bad, we, we'd still be happy that he took and made that shot. But... Uh, that's just all it comes down to is whether you make or miss shots tonight. Kuz missed basically everything minus uh, a driving layup and then that garbage time bucket, really. So rough night for him. But like you said, he's been solid the whole the whole season. It's just unfortunate that he comes up short in a really clutch moment. Um, but I, I, I'm not super mad at Kuz. Like I like you said, like I wish someone else had taken the shot mm-hmm. or they had worked the clock a little bit more and got something else. I, I wanted Anthony Davis to touch the ball on that on that possession personally. But uh, you, you you live with the result there. Like it, it was a good look. He he had been zero for five from three before that miss. Um, you know the next one can still go in. So I, I'm not mad at him for taking that shot. I'm happy he was. You know he had the the, the gall to even take it because I know a lot of guys would have shied away from that mm-hmm. moment. So props to him for at least you know having the courage to take it. But yeah, little little rough 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 outing from Kuz to say the least. Yeah, it was not a strong night from him, especially shooting the basketball. I've got a lot of people saying he shouldn't have been in the game at that point. Look, Frank Frank Vogel is trying to get them ready for the playoffs. And so he wants to make sure that they're getting those reps in pressure situations, whether or not they win tonight's game. We've gotten the the impression that the Lakers don't seem to care that much, whether they're in the play-in tournament or not. They've complained about the play-in tournament, but it's not like they were approaching this as it's the end of the world if we're in the play-in tournament. I don't think they've looked at it that way. Um, or seen much of a difference between the seventh seed and the sixth seed. In fact, I just saw a, a super chat came in that made the argument that the Lakers are probably better off if you're going to play the Clippers, making that down the road in the playoffs anyway, because they're going to be still trying to find their their footing in the first round of the playoffs. And I can't disagree. And if you're the seventh I seed, said that yesterday too. you're probably yeah. dodging the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, I said that yesterday. I said that the Lakers are going to be the most vulnerable in round one, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, let's just assume they get out of the play-in tournament. They're the seventh seed, right? They'll be playing the number two seed, which could still be Phoenix or Utah. Um, and like you have said, and you've been you've been pretty consistent with this, is that you, you'd rather see Phoenix or Utah in the first round versus the Clippers. I, I agree. Um, so, you know, all things considered, there, there are some positive takeaways. You just, again, we'd rather avoid the playing tournament to avoid the risk of injury, but there are some positive things. Uh, Frank Vogel's downplayed it a little bit. He said that, you know, it's, it's very marginal what the benefits of playing the playing tournament are for the Lakers. Uh, and like you said, Marquise Morris mentioned it in his post-game interview yesterday, where he said that the team is not really super concerned about the playing tournament and that, you know, if you're a number one or two seed, they would, they should be, you know, a little scared to play the Lakers in round one. And I, I, I think that, that, that comment in itself kind of shows you where the Lakers are at in terms of, yeah, we know where we had to play the playing tournament. We know we're a really low seed, but we're still the Lakers and we should still be favored in any series we play. And so um, all things considered, you know, it's not the end of the world for the Lakers to have to play an extra game. So our own Ryan Ward just put out on Twitter, Anthony Davis said he's starting, this is in the postgame, starting to feel more like himself on the floor and is starting to get his legs under him. Anticipate seeing a minutes boost. I feel like the best part about this game was seeing 
the real Anthony Davis. This we oh, have yeah. not seen him in months. We haven't seen this version of him. So I think, and that might be part of the reason why I don't feel that down about this game is because we got to see that guy. Do you think this is the best game we've seen from Anthony Davis since he's come back? Honestly, this might be Anthony Davis's best game this season. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you could definitely make the argument for it. I'm sure I'm missing a couple performances from the beginning of the season, but I, given what was at stake tonight, what the Lakers situation was being so shorthanded on a back-to-back on the road, I, I thought this is like essentially the Anthony Davis that we've been waiting for since he's come back. And you can make the argument, like I said earlier, that this might be his best regular season game to date. Um, he just looked like Anthony Davis from the playoffs last year. Like I, it was, it was, it was amazing to see. And yeah, this is a reason why you're not super upset about the loss is because if, if this loss is the beginning of Anthony Davis showing his true colors, playing up to the level we know he can play at, I think the Lakers are in good shape because I, I don't, I don't doubt for a second that LeBron will be LeBron when he comes back. Yes. He might be a little bit limited physically, but I still think you're going to get LeBron production. The question mark has always been Anthony Davis. And I thought tonight he answered whether or not he could still be Anthony Davis. And I, I feel a lot better about, you know, him showing up in the playoffs when, to- when the time comes. You know, AD in his postgame also mentioned that he felt like down the stretch, the Lakers committed mental mistakes. We can go back to that, that Alex Caruso foul with about 30 seconds left. The possession before KCP fouls Damian Lillard. You gave the Blazers four free throws right at the end instead of making them actually score against your half-court defense. So I, I think that there was a possibility here for the Lakers to walk away from the, with a win without even looking at the referees. But if you're Anthony Davis, you're frustrated that you just turned in that kind of performance and then you made right. these little mistakes at the end. So I would hope that the Lakers come away from this encouraged that they can pick up their level of play, but also understanding that they've probably left a win on the, on the table here that they may have been able to get had they played things a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. That, I, and I think that's why at the beginning of the show I was a little upset because the Lakers, again, turned in one of their best efforts of the season and just came up shirt, short. It, it's those losses to me that, you know, you feel good about but ultimately still feel a little bad because you, you want to pull those ones out. Because uh, you can tell, like, midway through some of these Lakers games where, you know, they're just kind of mailing it in or going through the motions. And when they lose, you don't feel as bad because it's like, oh, like, they didn't care, so I don't really care too much. But in this case, I know they cared tonight. I know they tried as hard as they possibly could. I saw a few guys out there leave it all out. So, you know, you're proud of the team. You're happy that they competed, but you just come up short and it's frustrating. And yeah, Anthony Davis should feel frustrated because you saw him give maximum effort in in, in a win that they could have definitely had. I've got breathe gas from YouTube. Said, do you think um, that not caring about the regular season kind of hurt the Lakers a little bit here? Do you think they, they took too much of a lackadaisical approach to the regular season in general, where they just kind of said, well, we're going to turn it on come playoff time. Do you think that was a factor in what we've seen so far this season and their record and now falling to the seventh seed? I think so. It has to be a factor. I mean, we, we don't need to go through the whole laundry list of things that they had working against them when the season started. Right. Um, so, you know, you take that into account uh, and then you start getting hit with all these injuries midway through the season um, I think I, I think it does play a part. I think you're, you're, you, that's why we're saying that the Lakers look like they're a team that looks like they're trying to play catch up now because you know there aren't so many games left and up to this point they haven't been playing very good basketball. So I, I do think it mattered a little bit for sure. Um, I think you know I, I said that you know they might have leaned a little bit too much in the direction of playing it safe and just trying to stay healthy. Like I, you would have wished that they tried harder in more games, but. Uh, I think in the long run, I think they were still right to make sure that they're prioritizing health. Um, I, I can't fault the team for trying to make sure that their best players, in this case, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, are good to go in the playoffs. Because if any of those two are hurt, we're not winning anything. So it, it made sense to approach it that way. Um, but I do think that, you know, we, we could have tried harder in more games for sure. I think they could have taken some of the regular season more seriously and instead of just these last this last week or two. Agreed. I thought they started off the regular season pretty well, but then as the injury injury started to mount, the team kind of ran out of steam. Particularly, I think about that stretch right before the All-Star break, where they really oh, yeah. just kind of packed it in, and they were on vacation mode like a week before the All-Star break. That, I think, maybe came back to bite them a bit. Uh, Matt, let, let's do the next Man Up Award here. I don't have the graphics set for it, but I do feel like tonight there were enough players who stepped up to where we can still do a next Man Up. So, Anthony Davis obviously was tremendous. 36 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, 
That block at the end was tremendous. 12 for 23 shooting, 2 of 3 from deep, 15 free throw attempts. Uh, he only shot 10 of 15. That hurt a little bit, but still, 15 of trips to the free throw line. This looked like the old Anthony Davis. He was great. Who was the next best? Who was the next best Laker on the floor tonight? Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Caruso. Um, I, I, well, okay. So let me, let me say this. Uh, Alex Caruso was even not necessarily a 100% surefire, uh, play today just because of the foot, the foot contusion that they had reported. Uh, so, uh, they said that he was going to play, but, uh, even Frank Vogel was unsure if he was going to be able to finish the night out. Uh, but lo and behold, Alex Caruso was able to make it through, ended up playing 35 minutes. Uh, in those 35 minutes, we've got 18 points, six rebounds, two assists, and he made, uh, both of his three pointer attempts. Uh, and played really solid defense down the stretch on Dame and CJ in particular. So uh, I, I thought he had a really strong game. I, I thought he was more decisive looking to attack with the basketball. Um, I think without Dennis, THT, and LeBron, uh, the Lakers needed another guard to step up and look to actually score and rather than facilitate and pass all the time. And I thought Alex Caruso did a good job of taking it upon himself to, to be more aggressive and look for a shot more. Um, so I'm looking here, 16 shot attempts. That has to be a season high for Alex. Um so I, I, I'm, I'm happy with Alex. I thought he was the best Laker for sure, um, aside from Anthony Davis. And I, and I thought he had a really strong performance, mi- minus that mental lapse at the end of the game. But everything before then, though, I, I couldn't have been prouder. And, and you always like it when guys gut it out and try to get a win for the team. I agree. I think Alex Caruso is the answer. And just a quick cursory glance here, that is indeed a season high in shot attempts. In fact, he's only hit double digits in shot attempts two other times and both of those were nights where he took 10 shots so he Mm, this was by far a season high in shots with 16 tonight nice performance from him i like just how gut i mean he always is but gutsy he was out there fighting through doing everything he could to help this team out 18 points driving to the basket two for two for deep it was a nice performance from him I think he is definitely the next man up. If I had to pick a next, next man up, the other guy that I feel like we need to give a shout-out to, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I felt like he oh, yeah. stepped up today. Not as much as Caruso did. Caruso made more winning plays. But I thought KCP had a nice performance. It's a little bit ironic that these are the two guys that also made the, the silly fouls at the end on consecutive <laughs> possessions, KCP and Caruso. But I did think KCP also had a nice night, aggressive, Got himself to the free throw line seven times. Did a nice job there. Got a couple of and ones um, and just made some smart plays. Only shot one for four from three. And that's normally what we look to to decide whether or not KCP had a good game. But I thought he made some smart plays all over the court tonight. Yeah, no, KCP was good. Uh, yeah, minus the one for four from downtown. He, had, he ended up shooting five for nine from the field. Uh, six of seven from the free throw line in a night where they struggle from the free throw line. That's good to see. Um, had five assists. I thought he made some good. He made some good reads off on the offensive end, uh, particularly to Anthony Davis. So uh, and he played, yeah, and, and solid defense for the most part. So I, I thought KCP had a really strong night too. If, if you had gone Caruso first, I would have taken KCP. So I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, if I have to pick the next, next, next man up, um, I do want to shout out Marc Gasol too. Uh, I thought he came in and changed the tenor of the game, especially after Andre Drummond picked up early foul trouble. So. Uh, he only had six points and four rebounds, but I thought the two threes he hit were big. I thought the Lakers offense looked a lot better with him moving the ball and facilitating at the top of the key like we're used to seeing. Defensively, I thought he was great. I know you know he didn't come up with many shot blocks or steals, but I thought he played really solid paint defense, especially in their pick-and-roll coverages. So uh, I wanted to shout out Mark Gasol, too. Not because he's one of my guys, but because I thought he genuinely had an impact on the game in his limited minutes. Agreed. I thought Gasol was, was good as well. In fact, I think... It's been a little bit now. Gasol has been, frankly, outplaying Andre Drummond in just about every situation that we've seen. He's just been he's been better than him. And you know, a lot of people we talk about this. We talk about the flip, right? Where for so long, Gasol was the guy that people wanted to run out of town, and now people are begging for Gasol to come back in and Drummond to go out. I think it's important to note, though, that the Gasol we're seeing right now is not the Marc Gasol we were seeing a couple of months ago. It's a very di- oh, no. very different guy. And so I think that's where people are, have become more encouraged about getting Gasol minutes over Andre Drummond. I mean, somebody mentioned in the chat a little bit ago, this flew by a while ago, but it just stuck with me. Andre Drummond had more fouls than points tonight. Mm. Not not great. And I don't think that Andre Drummond is just useless or anything like that. I don't, I don't want to just no. turn and take all of that 
you know, resentment that, that we had towards Marcus Gasol or our fans had towards Marcus Gasol and just transfer it on to Andre Drummond. I still think he's a talented player. I do think there have been some issues with how he's been used in terms of not really allowing him to attack the offensive glass the way he should and things of that nature. And I also kind of feel for him in terms of being thrown into a team and that, that doesn't really get to practice. And then you've got these expectations thrust upon you. But I do think that if it continues like this, and Frank Vogel has already mentioned that Drummond isn't where they need him to be, if it continues like this, I wouldn't imagine we see a lot of Andre Drummond come playoff time. No, I don't think so either. I, I think it, for Lakers Nation fans out there, the, the way that I've been rationalizing this this entire time is just consider Andre Drummond this year's JaVale McGee. And I, and I think a lot of things start to make sense uh, in terms terms of you know how things will shake out because uh, remember JaVale was a token starter the entire season last year uh didn't care didn't matter what the matchup was who the team was playing the regular season JaVale was always starting you get to the playoffs yes he plays in round one against the Blazers because you can get away with it but then you get you play the Houston Rockets he does not play anymore after game one uh the Denver Nuggets see him you see him in spot and it's to give Dwight a see him after that and then in the finals you essentially didn't see uh JaVale anymore either and I, I think in this case it's going to be Andre Drummond and I, and I think the reason why it's so frustrating is because Andre Drummond's resume is a lot you know more impressive on paper you know two-time all-star rebounding champion uh he's put up multiple 2020 games or you know these gaudy these gaudy counting stat number games uh and so you think you add that to the Lakers and he'll replicate that but you have to take it as context and you have to take the role into context what the Lakers are going to be asking him to do um, and so I, I get the disappointment with Drummond and I get the frustration right now, but you have to remember that come playoff time, I don't think Andre Drummond's going to be seeing many minutes outside of the first round. So, uh, get, take, you can take the lumps now with Andre Drummond, but just remember that he's not going to be playing extensive minutes when the games actually matter. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's what it's all going to come down to because come playoff time, it doesn't matter what the Lakers told Drummond to get him in the door or told him about minutes or anything like that. If he's not there, it's not there. It's win or go home, and so I, I trust that Frank Vogel will make the decision to move towards Marcus All or move towards playing more Anthony Davis at the five or whatever if Drummond's not getting it done, which isn't the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is Drummond's getting it done, Gasol's getting it done, Trez is getting it done, and Frank Vogel has some really hard decisions to make. But right now, I feel like Drummond is, is struggling a bit in terms of how quickly he's picking up everything. Um, so I've got some uh, a question in here. The name flew past me. But said, Trev, how are you so confident heading into the playoffs? I'm not that confident. Like, it's not, it's not like the Lakers are on a tear right now. LeBron and AD are healthy. LeBron's the MVP. And, and the Lakers are just destroying everybody right now. And they're the one seed cruising into the playoffs. Like, then I would be really confident. I don't want to say I'm confident with them going into the playoffs or anything. They are definitely coasting in on fumes. This is... Not a, I mean, aside from having guys not be healthy for the playoffs, a period, and not be able to play, this is about the worst case scenario, right? Where you've got players have been in and out all season. So chemistry is going to be really, really choppy. You've got guys who are coming off of injuries. You've got your main stars have been hurt for large chunks of the season as well. You added pieces on the buyout market, which you kind of had to, but you added pieces and that's kind of mixed things up. It's, it's not a good situation, Right. But I felt like tonight we saw more of what makes the Lakers a good team in terms of their scrappiness, in terms of their feistiness, their, uh, the way they go out there and attack a game. We saw Anthony Davis take his game to another level as well. Those things give me a little bit of hope. And I'm not going to, obviously, right? I'm going to be here regardless, covering the Lakers. But I've never been the type that just says, uh, shut it off. I'm not even going to watch. I'm, I quit. Right. I, I give up. Like, I'm not going to do that. Even if this wasn't my job, right? Even if this wasn't what I do, what, what good does it do to just say, oh, forget it. They're, they're not going to win. I'm going to walk away. That, that, to me, that's not what fandom is all about. You support the team through and through. And it's not fun to support a team if you feel like, oh, they're, they're going to lose no matter what. Right? So I'm going to stay optimistic with this and hope that at the end of the day, LeBron and Anthony Davis get healthy, and that matters more than the other teams having chemistry. Um, that's where I'm at. That's the path that I'm going to go on. I understand if some people are, are frustrated and some people are going to say, oh, that's it. I'm walking away. I'm not going to be here for this team and, and that sort of thing. But to me, that, that's not the way you play this. Oh, man. That is the, uh, that's the therapy session or the therapy talk for tonight, Trevor. <laughs> 
There it is. No, I, I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. You, you just preached to a choir, at least to me. Um, I, I've said this too. Uh, I, I, I still will support the Lakers. Do I feel as confident as I did last season? No. Do I still feel confident to a certain degree? Yes. And that's because the Lakers, in most playoff matches, will have the two best players. When it comes to playoff games, it's generally who has the best players on the team. And in this case, it's going to be the Lakers most nights, if not every night. So that that's one thing, too. Um, I, I know we've been talking a lot about the Lakers struggles and, and the Lakers, you know, obstacles to another title. But we have to remember the other contending teams also have their own flaws as well. Um, it's not like there's a perfect team out there that that's going that's thoroughly going to outplay the Lakers and that they have no shot. Each contender has their own warts, their own flaws. The Lakers just has happens to be continuity and health. But, you know, the other contenders, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, the Clippers, the Bucks, you know, whatever teams you deem a contender, um, they're, they're going to have they have their own set of flaws, too. And, and really will come down to matchups in the playoffs, I think, depending on how the brackets shake out. So um, as long as I again, as long as I have a healthy LeBron, a healthy AD and I've got, you know, this level of defensive effort and intensity every night, I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to feel good every night about that. Uh, really, what it comes down to the Lakers for me is that can they score enough in the half court? To, to, to balance their defense. Uh, I think when you have healthy LeBron playing close to 40 minutes a night, I think the answer is yes. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take my chances with that team, just like I did last season. I know I know it's it's hard to see that team right now, but I think, you know, seeing Anthony Davis tonight kind of, you know, brought some more optimism into the life of Lakers fans. And I think if you throw LeBron next to him and he's given the same amount of effort and intensity, I, I think the Lakers will be just fine. So um, that, that, that's optimistic, Matt, back. I, okay, I'm good. I'm good now. I've, I've talked out the <laughs> He's back. I'm Matt good. the Optimist is, is back. Uh, Tina Jeeman from Facebook said, Trevor, some of us have been fans a lot longer. We've been through it all. That, that's just it. And that's what I was just thinking <laughs> while, while Matt was talking. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking about, you know, He's right. There's still reason for optimism here. And if you were around the last, what, five years, and you remember God. the rebuilding with Lonzo and, and B.I. and D'Angelo Russell and all that, and you, and you remember free agency opening up, and the first move is four years and $64 million to Timofey Mozgov. And God, they, I got P, I got PTSD, Trevor. Come on, oh, man. That was, that was a rough night. And then they follow oh. that up. By signing like like if you made it through that and you didn't walk away, you're not walking away right now. There's oh, no. no way. Life is too good on this side of the ball. Uh, you're telling me I got to watch people like Dwight Bikes and Marshawn Brooks and you know Kent Bazemore before he was Kent Bazemore. <laughs> I've got Kendall Marshall throwing you know double digit assists and twenty point blowouts. Like I- I've been through a lot harder things, guys. Uh, I am I'm a relatively young guy, but uh, I have seen some bad Lakers basketball. I have missed the postseason so many years in a row now that and I'm tired of cheering for a high draft pick. So the Lakers struggling at the end of a regular season, even though they have the two arguably two of the best players in the NBA and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like this is this is vacation for me compared to that. So things could be a lot worse, guys. Trust me. Exactly. Exactly. And we've been through we've certainly been through worse. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's get into, actually, you know what? We need to do the, the master lock. We need to get into that. Let's put somebody in the master lock. Here we go. The master lock of the night. Matt, who are you putting in the master lock tonight? Let's preface this uh, challenge by not picking coups. <laughs> As you say that, my screen is filling up with those three little letters, K-U-Z, coups, 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 all the way down. I've got people saying Kuzma should be put in the master lock. I, I think, honestly, he is ultimately the, the the choice for the master lock tonight. But I just think we talked about it already, and it was too easy to pin this loss on him. So I'm going to try and avoid that one. Uh, but let's let it be known that me, me and uh, Trevor both agree it should be Kuz. Uh, but I, I'll go in a different direction. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Norm Powell for the uh, the uh, <laughs> the football tackle on Alex Caruso. Um, 
I, I just didn't enjoy seeing that. And I didn't like that he didn't he thought he didn't do anything. Like, I know he was trying to clear out of the play after passing the ball, but you know what you were doing. Uh, there's just no way that you didn't see Alex Caruso trying to make that defensive rotation. Uh, and then you basically tackle the dude or, or you block the dude and then he falls to the ground and he's already hurt. So I'm going to go with Norm Powell for that one. I, I just felt like that was unnecessary. You know, Matt, it, it's funny. I get I get fans from other teams hopping in my my mentions right on uh, on Twitter now and then. And I mentioned this one and and look, I I am biased, right? I see through. We say it all the time. I see things through purple and gold lenses, right? Just like most of us, Same. right? We we see things through purple and gold lenses from the Lakers perspective. But I put out put out there on Twitter something to the effect of like clearly that was a foul on 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 Norman Powell. Um, the only question really was, is it a common foul or is it flagrant, right? That it was a very right. obvious foul. I had Blazers fans so upset with me, so upset because they couldn't believe, they thought that was a blown call by the officials. And I'm trying, I try to step away and I try to just think, okay, if I was a Blazers fan, if I was looking at it from their perspective, would I still, no, it's it's a foul no matter what perspective you're looking at it from. He put himself right into Caruso's path to make sure Caruso couldn't drop down and make a play or try to commit a foul right. or, or anything like that. Like it, he he saw him coming in. If you watch the different angles, Norman Powell saw him coming in and made sure that he made contact with him. It was very clear and very obvious that it was a foul. And I, I just don't think by trying to set bias aside, I don't see any other way to look at that. Um, did he need, did he intend to hit him that hard or did he intend to just kind of impede him and stop him from getting, uh, to Nurkic? Maybe that's the case. And that's where maybe we give Norman Powell a little bit of, pa- of a pass, but it was 100% sure. at the very least a common foul. And you can make an argument that it was a flagrant foul and deserved to be treated as such. I don't see any way to look at that play where you say it was not a foul at all. It's almost targeting if you want to throw it into NFL terms, right? Like he, the, the defensive, the uh, the offensive player knew what he was doing in this case. In this case, Norman Powell. Uh, there's just no way you didn't see Alex Caruso. And yes, yeah, he was probably trying to impede his progress to make sure he didn't make the rotation. But did you have to hit the guy that hard? Probably not. Um, so yeah, that that's why. And, and the, that's my pet peeve too with NBA players in particular is like when they commit fouls that they know they committed and then complain about it after. There's there's just no there's no there's why, why are you doing that, man? Like you know it's a foul. Like don't complain. Uh, so that that's why he's in the master lock for me tonight. Uh, Kevin Pelton was on uh, was on Twitter, who does does a great job breaking down the game for ESPN, and he mentioned that this is now the second time, right in a, in the last few games that the Lakers have had a have gotten a basket wiped out from an opponent. Anthony Davis had that one, and I'm trying to remember who they were playing in in that situation, but he was going out to contest a, a three pointer that was being taken, and there was contact. AD went down. The referee decided it was a it was an offensive foul and wiped away the basket. This was very different than that. That that I think was more objectable than what we saw with Norman Powell. I thought that was very clearly a foul there. Um, all right, let's get into my master lock. My master lock of the night. I think it's got to go to the officials. The officials were driving me crazy <laughs> with a lot of these strange calls that they were making tonight, and so I think they are certainly deserving. And of course, the the baskets that got wiped away from the Lakers that I did not feel were correct. I didn't think those were, were accurate calls by the officials. And so uh, so I thought they were very deserving of the master lock. And we went into it earlier in the show. Uh, but, you know, the one play on Anthony Davis, even if it's not a basket, it's definitely a foul where the ball went all the way down in and then somehow popped out. I didn't see on the replay of somebody else hit it or something to that effect. Kuzma's tip Came in that head. was clearly an okay play, should have counted, did not. And then they get a, a transition three going on the other end, I believe, to Damian Lillard. Uh, and then, of course, the play the Lakers in the first quarter, I believe it was, the Lakers challenged the foul on Alex Caruso on Damian, on Lillard, Damian yeah. Lillard, and the referees up, upheld the call that it was a foul. Alex Caruso's just just running, and Lillard just veers into him and just kind of hits him with his elbow. And that apparently was a foul on Caruso. And then the referee's like, hey, if you missed the call live, all right, I get it. It's a fast game. They go and look at it every, on replay. And they somehow still think that is a foul on Alex Caruso. I put it out there on Twitter. Caruso basically got called for a foul 
because he has a physical presence there. Like he's not allowed to physically be on the floor then, if that's a foul. <laughs> we we were joking about that on Twitter. We said we had to play mental defense on Damian Lillard and other players that draw fouls like that. So uh, I appreciated the uh, the Professor X uh, <laughs> that's right. reference. It was funny. Yeah. That that was the only way. That that was the only way to play defense in that situation was to be, I don't know, uh, telekinetic. I suppose you got to men- Yeah, you got to mentally will the ball out in that case. You can't touch the guy. All right, guys, let's do a few more questions and comments. Uh, Stephen B. Smith said, "Trevor and Matt, can we talk about Schroeder being out for these games? This is his second time in protocol. Irresponsible for the second time. Uh, don't let him off the hook." I mean, look, we uh, see, here's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. Matt doesn't know. We don't know exactly what the circumstances were with Schroeder, right? Was he, was he behaving irresponsibly or was he taking every single precaution possible and something still happened, right? I mean, sometimes that's the case. I don't know. If, if, there, if Schroeder was going out to the clubs or something like that, then okay, yeah, we, we sure. can criticize him. We can criticize him for, for live streaming video games last night. That's fair. We can criti- criticize him for those things. We don't know the circumstances behind this. So that's, that's where I have trouble criticizing him because I don't know exactly what went down. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. At this point, I think it's pretty safe to assume that, you know, Dennis may have gotten coronavirus or COVID-19, but we're not going to speculate on that because, again, we're, we're just not in the business of doing that, even though it's it's pretty, you can pretty much infer that from the, how long he's going to be out for. Uh, but it's it's exactly what you said. Like, he, this is the second time he's been in health and safety protocols. The first time is probably due to contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can't, we don't know whether or not that was him being irresponsible, going out in public without a mask or, you know, going to large gatherings. We, we, we just don't know. Um, for all we know, Schroeder could have gotten this from someone in his immediate family who had just gone out. We, we, we don't know that. Like, it's really hard to criticize a guy for doing stuff like that if, if you just don't know if it's, if you can confirm it. Um, so I, I mean, too, like, should we, should we be angry with Marcus all getting COVID back in February? Cause I, I, up to that point, it seemed like Mark was doing everything mm-hmm. right. He was adhering to safety and health protocols. Right. So, uh, I'm not going to fault a guy for, for, for contracting the virus, especially if he's been taking the proper precautions. Uh, we, we have to assume that because we just don't have any other proof otherwise. Right. So, um, it's not about letting him off the hook. It's just one of those things that happens. I'm sure. I mean, I trust that most NBA players have been taking this seriously and that they've been doing their part. So, and I know there are cases where people have not been, but in terms of the Lakers, as far as they're concerned, I think they've been doing everything as a team correctly. So uh, I'm not going to fault Shooter here at all for that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there, there's some people that are saying we saw Kuzma or we saw Shooter out and about or something like that. Again, I haven't seen it personally, so that's that's why I'm just I'm, I'm just not going to place blame on him right there for that. Um, when I can't say for sure what was what was going on there. All right, let's do let's do one more, and then we'll call it a night. Before the Lakers on Sunday, they take on the Phoenix Suns, the team they just might see in the first round now of the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I've got some questions about the Clippers. I've got some questions coming in. One person said, in the next 20 years, everything will be called a foul. That's <laughs> literally, look at a player, <laughs> and it's a foul. The NBA keeps going the way Mental defense. First team all mental defense, man, I'm telling you. Mental defense. That's what it is. All right, so when is LeBron coming back? It's a question that got thrown out there. So from what we've heard, probably not. This was from Shams. uh, Probably not Sunday against the the Suns, but instead it'll be in the middle of the week. You'll be looking at either the Knicks game or the Rockets game for LeBron to return. But it, it really is when his ankle is okay. And this was actually brought up today, I believe it was. Um, the question is, where is LeBron? Why is LeBron not on the bench? And Frank Vogel's response was that they were letting him stay home to rest the ankle as much as possible. Right? That, that's what they're trying right. for. Um, is some people took that and spun it the wrong way. Because Frank Vogel said it's not a medical thing. And they took that to mean his absence period is not a medical thing. No, his absence is a medical – like he's not on the floor because of his ankle. 
because they're trying to rest that up. Him not being on the bench with the team is not necessarily like a like the doctor has said he needs to stay at home. But the Lakers are are sparing no expense, I suppose. Pulling out all the stops is the better better phrase to use in order to try to make sure that his ankle gets as close to 100% as it can. So that's why he hasn't actually been there. Yeah, um, I think pregame, uh, Frank Vogel even addressed the LeBron thing and said, you know, that they'll communicate about him possibly suiting up on Sunday. I can't imagine that he does, given how cautious they've been. So I wouldn't expect him to play Sunday. He, I know there's like a small possibility in might, but I, w- I wouldn't expect that at all. I do think we're going to be seeing him on Tuesday, if not Tuesday, for sure Wednesday, I think, because that's just an important night for the Lakers because it's banner night, guys. We finally get to put up the banner for 2020. So I can't imagine LeBron's going to miss an emotional night like that. So I think at worst, he'll play it next Wednesday. Um, and as far as tonight goes, I mean, there's no point in putting LeBron on a plane and, you know, having his ankle swell up again on him or, you know, things of that nature. So it's better for him to stay home and rehab his ankle as much as possible. Um, if there's any player in the NBA that I trust that is taking care of their body, it's LeBron James. So if he decides to stay home, I have to assume that it's for rehab purposes. And so I'm not going to fault a guy for not wanting to show up on the road if he can take care of his ankle and come back healthier. So uh, I'm totally fine with it. I wouldn't spin it any other way than he just needs to actually rehab and rest the ankle as much as possible. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Might as well at this point. Why not? Why? I mean, it, it's not going to do him any good to be sitting there on the bench to travel right into all of that kind of stuff. Better just stay off of it, rest it, do whatever you need to do, and then hopefully come back next week and be there for banner night. Uh, some people asking, will banner night, kind of inspire or motivate the Lakers, will that give them the boost that we want them to to have? What do you think? Like, I would have to imagine yes, right? I mean, it's just like we hear about the free agent pitches where, like, Pat Riley goes in and just, you know, drops all of his rings on the table or, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I would have to imagine that unveiling the banner in front of fans at Staples Center is going to mean something to this team. Oh, 100%. I think that was almost, uh, I think that's what Jeannie Buss said even about, you know, raising the banner on May 12th was because it's the last Lakers home game of the regular season. Uh, They have fans back in the stands, thank God. So uh, I think it's going to be a good emotional boost for the Lakers. Um, You know, it's also going to help that they're playing the Houston Rockets that night too. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sorry, Rockets fans. I know it's been a rough year, but um, I think it'll be a good pick me up for the Lakers. I think actually seeing the banner, their accomplishment from 2020 finally up in the rafters um, will will be, you know, good for them to see, especially come playoff time when, you know, they're playing actual games again. Um, Do we want, like, ideally we don't need something like a banner or ceremony to to get them going. But in this case, I think the team needs every little boost it can get. So I I do think banner night will will give them a little bit of push to get through the rest of the regular season because they do have a back-to-back to close out the regular season after that on the road. So, um, but I do think, you know, once, once the fans are back, once we're, or not once the fans are back, but fans back in the stands for playoff games, back in Staples Center, I, I do think it's going to matter a little bit to the Lakers to see that up. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy for them and I'm, and I'm glad they're going to finally get to see that achievement because we've been waiting almost six months to see it now. Yeah. It, it's been, it's well, more been, than six been months, too yeah. long, been waiting too long to see that, to see that. And so that is going to be a, a nice night, right? For the Lakers, for the Lakers fans. And hopefully that does give them a little boost leading into the playoffs. All right, guys. Heading into the weekend here, the Lakers take on the Suns on Sunday. Does appear the Lakers will probably finish in the seventh seed. I mean, things can change, right? But most likely they'll finish in the seventh seed and go into the play-in tournament. And if they win that first round of the play-in tournament, could be against the Warriors. And the NBA has got to be so excited about that. But uh, they could wind up in a first-round matchup with the Phoenix Suns. So this could be a little playoff preview. I would be surprised if Frank Vogel pulls out all the stops to get a win on Sunday. I think he's going to do a lot to try to not show the Suns too much. But the Lakers will take on the Phoenix Suns, and we'll be right back after that game doing another live show. But appreciate all of you guys for coming on here and joining us. Obviously not the result the Lakers wanted, but again, thought they played pretty well. And if they can use this to build then hopefully the Lakers can hit the uh, the playoffs with a little bit, bit of momentum or at least be closer to the team that we've been hoping to see for quite a while now. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I think, you know, assuming that the Lakers are okay with playing the play-in tournament, I can't imagine they try super, super hard on Sunday to beat the Suns. Uh, but, you know, you, you do want another competitive game like we saw tonight. We do want to see them trying defensively. I would like to see another Anthony Davis performance like this if possible. But um, given how the standings look right now, I think it is pretty likely that they fall into the play-in tournament. Um, so at this point, Trevor, I'm just hoping that everyone gets to the playoffs in one piece. That's been yep. the light at the end of the tunnel for both of us. So with only, what is this, one, two, three, I think five games remaining now, I, I just want a healthy Lakers team. Um, if, the, if I get a healthy Lakers team and they're performing like they did tonight, I feel a whole lot better about my chances. So uh, here's to hoping that we make it out of a game with everyone healthy. That's really it for me. That's it. That's it. That's all we can be hoping for at this point. All right, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. We will see you Sunday after the Lakers take on the Phoenix Suns. Till then, stay safe and see ya.